Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because he suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with a dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day, this is golf. I'm Andrew Dado. I'm. I was at a conference on the Gold Coast the other night where pretty, you know, the Gold Coast, almost anything goes, especially in a dress sense, dress and tattoos and bolt-ons. And um, anyway, the, the dinner for the conference is a black tie affair. Um, I was wearing a navy suit with a navy shirt, so close, no tie. And then I look across the room and I see a guy in a golf shirt. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Who wears a golf shirt to a black tie dinner? So I went and said, g'day. His name is Leon Sasson. Now, Leon works for Phoenix, which is a company who are importing new golf wear. So, of course, he's wearing his golf thing. It's a networking conference. So, we got talking and he's got quite a history in golf. So, it's an interesting chat. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Leon Sasson, Phoenix, tried his hand at golf professionalism. So, we started where we always start with was how did you come to golf? Thanks. Well, my dad basically born in Fiji. We lived there, and I was too small to play rugby, so I had to pick up another sport. And golf is what he wanted to play, so I followed him around the course as his caddy. Okay, so I'm looking at you, thinking how old you are or are not. So was Vijay Singh a golfing <laughs> moment at that time? Yeah, well, Vijay up and coming at the time for sure. Uh, but for us in Australia, I mean, in Fiji was Greg Norman. We used to follow a lot of him, loved him. He used to come down and support us quite a lot down there. Who, Norman? Yeah, he used to come play the tournaments. Um, where we used to live, there was a massive uh, tournament once a year. Him, uh, Roger Davis used to come down as well. My dad remembers having a fair few drinks with Roger. And the right. next morning, he'd going out and... I think he won it the same year and they couldn't believe how he managed to back it up. So all credit to Roger. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so was your dad a golfing pro? No, my dad was a pilot. He flew for Air Pacific at the time and he just had golf as a passion. He didn't know anything about it. Like in Fiji, not many people did. We all mainly played rugby. But then when we looked into that and he liked it, that idea of things, he just fell in love instantly and I followed him around. Right, so what was that like for you to follow? I mean, I remember following my dad around the golf course and he'd say things like, pick it up, pick it up. 
stick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Just on. stick it up. Yeah. Put the ball between your feet and yeah. make, move it a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, was, uh, it was very much similar. I followed him around and listened to all the swear words and everything. And I was basically the one, yeah, that picked up the ball. I helped him along. Didn't say much because they were so serious. Um, but I enjoyed the afterwards. Everyone on the course was quite serious. But afterwards, man, they just had fun. And to me, it was like, yeah, I mean, you're out there playing. You've seen such amazing wildlife. And seeing all your uncles and your cousins running around, it, to me, that was like our area. Then that was what grew us all together. Okay, so was it the, the thought of the, the pro golfers? So you mentioned um, Roger Davis and Norman. Was it them that got you thinking, this is a sport I would like to play at a higher level? Or was it your dad? Dad. It was basically my dad. We were in Fiji and then he was, a, as I said, a pilot. We moved from Fiji to Bahrain in the Middle East. And in the days where there was no, there was only one grass course in the entire Middle East at the time, and that was at the um, desert in obviously Dubai. Yeah. So we went in Emirates Golf Club. We were, we were the ones that used to fly from Bahrain to there, and there was just a long road of just sand and nothing, and then out of nowhere, like an oasis, a golf course would appear. So hang on, so that's the one, that was the one golf course? That was the one golf course, and because of Dad, knowing that, you know, being quite natural with our sports, it was, what, Fijians are fairly good with whatever we pick up, we can play. Yeah, nice uh, job in the World Cup. Yeah. No, really. Like the rugby was fantastic. I know. I know. I'm so proud of them. I'm so happy. Um, we just need to change our referee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, because he saw that and he just kept pushing the passion. So because of him and he, he was my coach, he helped me from day one. And then Your dad? Yeah. And until we could get to a situation where once he left Bahrain, I flew down to here, Australia and went to Campbelltown, went to boarding school in St. Greg's. And how old were you then? I was 15 years old. Okay. So we didn't really play much at all, only when we could. But, you know, you get practicing. Like, for, I'm forever walking around swinging a pretend golf club in any room. So if you want to come, if you've seen somebody doing that, it's me. <laughs> so okay. come say hi. No, it's, a, it's a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to tell you this. It's not just you, Leon. So <laughs> tell, tell me more about uh, golf in the Middle East, even though you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. So what I'm assuming was highly elitist, like very, very narrow... You know, how old are you now? I'm 41 now. Okay, yes. so so 25 years ago, it must have been amazing. It was amazing. Like the only one golf course, like you're rubbing shoulders with like presidents would come down because the Emir at the time, or the Sheikh used to bring straight to the golf course because that was the only one in the Middle East. So it was you, you walk around there. Bernard Langer used to come and practice, so he was just seeing that. But because golf wasn't that big you can walk up to them and have a talk to them and see them. And they were very relaxed. And did you do that? Yeah, yeah. we went and saw... Um, the big one was Thomas Bjorn. Bjorn, he was there quite a lot. He was lovely. Like to have a chat, like to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was amazing. It was, it was really good. And seeing all the different type of people that flew in, flew out. And yeah, the course was immaculate. Like the, every grain, everything was as it should be. And if it wasn't, it was prepared immediately. It was one of those like seven star opportunities to come okay. down and this is because you so uh, don't mean to be personal i do <laughs> the, so was your dad because he was a pilot was he minted or was he connected or how does how does that work like how how did you get access if the sheikh himself is coming to the course and you've got these pros how does a normal person get access to a uh, well you still have to play pay and play Opportunity. Okay. So we used to do that. Dad uh, used to do stints where he would stay in Dubai for a couple of three, four days. And being a pilot, obviously, you get to fly for cheaper rates. So I used mm -hmm. to fly down, stay with him in his 
the crew uh, hotel that they had. So we, we, it did cost a lot, but because he was so passionate about the game and obviously wanted me to play more of it, this is the only opportunity we had. So yeah. you kind of play it. And being a pilot in the Middle East, well, yeah, there's no tax. So you kind of, you do manage to do well at it. And that's why we went, because you, from Fiji to Bahrain was completely different, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. do give up a so, lot. So, so golf in Fiji, I know, mm. I know golf is good in Fiji now, but I'm, I'm assuming it would have been quite agricultural. Yeah. Very much. I think Dad, one of the few locals to start playing it with him and his crew, um, and it just wasn't really done much, put it that way. So they kind of stood out wherever they went, but everyone knew them, and it was such a friendly culture. Back then, you know, you didn't really have any issues with it. It was just, yeah, everyone wants to play golf. We have a small community. Let's bond together and go ahead and do it. And it okay. was always fun, always okay. fun. Always fun, but the courses weren't always good. No, no. They had one, the best one that I knew, there was a bar nearby, and they called it the Whistling Duck. And afterwards, you wouldn't go to the clubhouse and drink because it was more expensive. So you used to walk across this place called Whistling Duck. And we found out why it was called that. It's because when you hear a bottle whistling across the room, somebody's chucking out, somebody will yell out, duck, so the bottle will go that's across not, from you. That's not true. Is it true? It's true. Yeah, you're right. It's true, it's true. Wow, so we should have a place called the Whistling Duck. It's a great idea for a bar. <laughs> All right, so, and so you, just, you came to Sydney, uh, Campbelltown. I, look, I should point out, you, you d didn't get to the professional standard that you wanted to, but you certainly, you, you're in the game now. What, what, what was your process as you tried to become involved professionally in golf? Ah, uh, well, yes. Well, and how good were you? I, I was good. I was good. But I was also, I could go and... You know, Leon, you're going to practice five hours a day or you're only going to do two hours and go do something else. So that's where I kind of fell down. I was very naturally gifted, which can be great, but cannot be great as well when it comes to being consistent. Um, I made it through to last year of the PGA. I was um, taught with by... Uh, as a player? Player, yeah. Okay. So, so you're a scratch golfer? I was, yeah, at that point. I was getting to that. And it was just... And I had the best coach, um, Mr. Mark Gibson. I was under him. And he's an amazing individual, great with that. But for myself, with my head and my, I just, I just stopped, I guess, believing in myself in the end. And then I started to become a little bit more mechanical with my swing. And then with that became that I had to be 100% precise, arm in the right position and, and so on. And for me, it didn't work. And then I confused myself in the end. So I didn't finish that year. I just didn't believe I was good enough. And unfortunately, the scores were telling that as okay. well. So tell me a bit more about confusing yourself, because I think that's what all amateur golfers, mm. like we all go through, yep. right? So, but, but at a higher level, what happened? Basically, or what happens? I lost confidence goals. For me, it was my confidence, because I kept trying to produce the same swing day in every time, every time, and produce that same shot and just be confident. With it. And you couldn't. For me, it wasn't there. And I thought, dove way too much into the swing. Whereas before, I would suggest, okay, where's the ball? Where does it need to go? How far? Okay, let's do it. And I was more confident then without really concentrating on a lot to where my arm position twists and all that. And once I started to read more into it and go more mechanical, for me, it just backfired. I, be, I confused myself. So my confidence went. And that was a big thing. And back then, I didn't have the education or personal knowledge I've got now to get myself out of it. Mm. I just got frustrated, I got frustrated, and you end up going down that spiral. Okay, so down. looking back, if you could do it again, is it mechanical or is it mental? I think mental. I went mechanical with it 
But I, now I look back, it's 90% mental. I should have really just believed in myself more and taken the fundamentals and the basics, what I knew, and just trusted myself and developed it from there. Mm. Like you look at swings nowadays, like I love Bubba Watson. His swing is very unorthodox, but look, at he gets it out there. And his same thing was his dad and him when they were little. They said, look, let's just hit this, hit as hard as we can, get it consistent with it, and we try and work on afterwards. And mm. like nowadays, you've got a lot of... Uh, DeChambeau, another prime example. It's not very unorthodox swing, but it works for him. He's mecha- but okay, he's actually more mechanical than anybody. Mm-hmm. But you get the players out there. Oh, Jim Furyk. I mean, how are you going to fit with that swing? But it's all in the head. If you've got a strong mental mindset, and you can get through it, and then you just believe in yourself, you're always going to go up. You're always going to go down. But just getting yourself out of that down. That's the main thing. So, is there something with a teaching process for, for younger players where you are taught? No, you've got to get yourself in this position. Like I understand, I understand there are positions that the golfer should get in to achieve the best results, but obviously that's not going to work for everyone. But does it feel that that's the way that here's the swing that everyone should be doing? So let's this is the swing for now. I think for me, I've got two little kids now, and I'm taking to the range, and I just let them have fun and hit the ball. And I can how do they? One's five, and one's just turned well, just turned five, and one's nine. Yeah, okay, and. Both little girls, they love it. And they've got the natural swing of what I had. So I'm just now getting them to do the basics and just ha- keeping it fun. Mm. And that's it. Just getting them to hit the ball, getting the eye contact going. And to me, that was, that's what's going to build it because then they're going to be able to get the confidence. They're going to know they can hit the ball. I don't think I have to go deep in de- depth with them to, com- to confuse them. you got to just keep it fun, keep it light. And the, everyone's got their own swing, but, you know, it's... It's how you get there at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how it looks. It's how you're going to get there. So Yeah, but what about the people going, oh, mate, look at that guy's swing. Look at that girl. What's she doing? <laughs> She's doing a helicopter thing at the top. You know, how do you fight that? Because that, that, that's the demon, isn't it? That's the other part of the demon. Well, you just got to start from the basics and at home. Like, we teach our kids what we do. is like, you know, you just go out and have fun. And never mind what people say. If you're joining and you're doing well at it, then that's all that really matters. I believe... From home and all strands in life, in business, in health, in everything. You just have a home environment that they know that they're trusted and they know, look, this is what I like doing and I'm good at it. I'm going to continue with this, but I'm going to add little bits to help me along the way. And it's always going to be naysayers out there. Like, you don't know whether you're doing it right or wrong, but if you believe that you are and you can see the results, then yeah, I believe that's the way to go with it. You've got to keep it fun. You've got to keep them entertained with it. Um, I know this might bite me in the bum, but I'm a massive fan of live golf because of the entertainment factor. Like I would take people there to watch them. It's so much fun. Mm. And I love the fact of what, how they've changed it. I'm, it's similar for me from what 2020 cricket did. Remember how that came out? Yeah. And that's just changed the game. It makes it more fun. Even I was never a cricket fan, but I'll watch that. And the same thing with live. I like what they're doing and bringing in the crowds, bringing in the younger gang. And I believe that's what is needed, making it more fun. Okay. So what about you're playing golf with your mates just on the, on the live and the, the change in golf? I understand, you know, it's pretty amazing. You're playing with your mates and then there's a cart, two, two groups and, and then a, on a parallel mm. hole to yours and they're playing Aerosmith at full whack <laughs> going. And here you are, you're putting for 20 bucks against your mates and you've got... Steven Tyler screaming in a... Well, I would probably yell across if they can play my song because I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy that's going to be with them, to be honest. I'm, I, I don't mind. I'm at the point where I want my life to be fun. And 
if music's there and it's burned, I'm okay with it. I'm mm. saying, okay, well, let's go. It's it's not so much distraction anymore. It's just knowing that, that okay, there's people enjoying themselves out there. Their energy's there. Okay. They're having fun. And you just got to go You go with it. It's like times are always changing mm. and you got to go with it or, you know, you may get not left behind, but you may not enjoy it as much as you used to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be I'm a bit of a history Okay. Buff as well. Right. I've got hickories in my garage. So listen, just, I, want, I wonder if your theory um, is with the, with the golf fashion as well. So that's how we got talking at this mm-hmm. function is that they're at, you know, it's a black tie function. You're there in a beautiful, colourful yeah. golf shirt. So what, what's the deal with the, with the Phoenix golf stuff? Is, it, is that, again, trying something new and different and loud and proud? And although the shirt you're wearing now is, is pretty sedate. Yeah, no, we've got a bit of mixture. We like to, we, we understand there's a young crowd coming through and people don't want to dress as conservative as they used to do. So in our collections, we kind of got a mixture. But for now, if it wasn't for the shirt, I don't believe you, I, we may not even have had we a conversation. Would, would we would never have spoken with you. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to anyone, you know that. No, but if it wasn't for that, we may not have had this conversation and led to this. I believe at the end of the day, you do have to stand out and... For me, you've got to be able to go in there. Like, I'm quite happy and I can talk to anybody. And with the shirt like that, I kind of knew I was going to get a few looks and people going to come up and ask what I'm going to do. And at the end of it, if you're running a business of what we're doing, the more people asking, the more people wanting to know you, the better the business is going to grow. Okay. And that's in the sense we're doing. So that was a straight networking decision. Straight networking. But okay. it's my so, personality well, as well. Okay. So tell me about the clothes because um, as you were saying that you've outfitting pennant groups for St. Michael's and, yep. um, and other courses as well. So w- what is the story with, uh, in your mind, with golf fashion? It w- is that moving as well? Yes. Basically, we now realise there's a lot of moving towards customization, where clubs want to be different from everyone else. Like we, we, I use St. Michael's as an example because they created their own bespoke collection that, we're selling, that they're selling at the pro shop. They want to be different. They want... And high visitors that come down and buy a shirt, they're only going to get that. They're not going to get any other club. And we're finding that more and more now. Clubs are asking us, listen, can you help design a shirt, put our label on it, and, you know, supply us with that. And so that's what I'm finding. More than one to be their own. Like, they understand you still need the high-end brands, which is, won't, won't ever change. Mm. But if you're a visitor coming to the club, you want something different. You, you don't want to buy the shirt here in Australia, fly back to the States, and you, know, you can get the same shirt. Mm. I understand the logo is there, and that definitely adds to it. But if you buy a shirt here that nowhere else around the world is going to have from that particular club, that just makes it more special. Okay, so who does the design of the shirt? So who decides whether it's a shamrock or a three-leaf clover or a... For us or for the clubs? Yeah, for the clubs. Uh, Well, we can either design it for them using our in-house designers. Basically, what normally happens, I'll have a sit-down conversation with the gentleman looking after it, or the lady, sorry, find out the brand, find out the brand guidelines and what kind of clientele they're after and what they're trying to sell to. Our in-house designers will then come up with a lot of mock-ups, a lot of options, and we send it to them. And then we basically go back and forth with the design and we can make changes as needed. And that's what finding, so that's why we know if a client comes to us and says, oh, can we have this and this, and they describe something very similar to another club, we kind of say, listen, great idea, but you'd be going to be going up against another one that's very similar. How about we do it this way? So we're finding that they just want to have something different using their brand guidelines and their logos. And that's, we kind of design it using that in our, with our own team. Okay. So what's, what's coming? Is it retro? Is it <laughs> mad? Is it like, what, what do you find is the, the, the next thing in, in smart, golf? Smart mad. Like that's smart mad. Smart mad. It's, do you having some like flamingo shirts? 
prime example I was wearing yesterday. But if you just put that on with a nice pair of shorts or something, you actually still look quite smart with it. So you stand out, but you're not like a, a crazy standout, but it still looks pretty smart that people are quite, okay, well, yes, I do get the colors a little bit out there, but no, I, I don't mind wearing it. It actually comes out nice. It's a nice texture. It's a nice fabric. So I'm finding most companies are designing, wanting those kind of things. Look, we want a little bit different, but we still want to look smart. And we still want people to be able to wear us when they play golf and also when you go to the pub or restaurant or okay. anything after that. So is that the thing is, and, and I have talked to other people about fa- golf fashion, and, they, and I think that was the main gist as well, is that to be smart on the golf course, but actually to be able to wear it off the golf course as well. Yep, 100%. We've done designs where people playing on the golf course and they've gone off the golf course to do an event or something afterwards and they can still wear their shirt and people are still looking at them getting the appearance that they want but they're still managing to keep that high level you know prestigious of what they're looking for the collar i find a lot of companies now are looking just to change the collar because if you have a smart black shirt collar we can change it to do any kind of design through it you still got that nice you know, the black looking texture and obviously the professionalism, but you got yourself a little bit of color on it as mm-hmm. well. And that's what people are coming, coming through. Look at range goats, pink, pink and black. If you look at those two colors, they are popping up everywhere now. And okay. it's such a good mix. Okay. <laughs> you look, uh, you've got Scott Hendon as one of your players. So what, so do you, how does it, how does it work? Do you just go, here's your clothes or does he go, I'm wearing that and that and that? Oh, Hendy, Hendy can choose what he wants to wear. He's, he's part and parcel of it. Hendy's basically family with us. He's, he's helped design. He came up with a camel design, what we had. And he's an amazing... I've so ne- what's the camel design? Camel was like... It was basically like a camel nicely designed that Hendy was helped design that, wore that. He was one of the few players out there that first started to wear it. And, you know, he, he can drive a board. He can, he can, he's an amazing player, so he can back it up with it. So Hendy's just been amazing for us. He's a great guy. It's a really interesting thing you said then, that he can back it up. So if you're wearing Larry shit on the course, (laughs) do you need to be able to back it up? (laughs) Well, you got to back it up with some play or another. Yes, you got to, well, if you can hit a good ball, you can wear anything out there. No one's going to say anything. If you've got a great sense of humour, that's part and parcel of it. Back it up with well, 20 beers and make it, that's fine as well. (laughs) But no, it's, it's, you're getting yourself standing out from the crowd. Um, which what we're finding now. Everyone wants to be a little bit more individual um, because they kind of want to do their own thing. And it's great to see. And that's what brings our creativity out. That's what you're going to notice is a lot of companies are doing the same. It's just, I quite like that change. But what, different, what we do, as you were saying before, is that we've got a good mixture of it. And we kind of find that more companies, as well as individuals, are leading towards a more of a colorful style of play out there. Because I think golf... They're trying to put, it's a lot more becoming more fun because you're having people out on course. It's a massive boom here in Australia. People out on course that wouldn't normally be there, and they're bringing with them, you know, their own way of thinking, their own way of playing, their own way of doing things. And it's a nice change. It's a little bit of a fresh breath air, okay. so to speak. Okay. And so, who do you aspire to be in a in a clothing sense? Like, is it Footjoy? Is it Penguin? Is it? Like, do you have a, a vision of where you want to be? Because the, I guess the bigger you get, mm. the, the harder it's going to be to remain that individual type brand. I, I was actually a big fan of Travis Matthews. I quite liked him, the way that they came oh, across. Is guy wearing a Travis Matthews suit 
and shirt matched last night, which looked like someone spewed on him. But anyway. Yeah, not that one. No. No, you know what I mean? It was just like, I just went, holy cow. No, I'm a, Travis Matthews for me really stood out because I think before Callaway, oh, they're still good now with Callaway, I mean, but before they really stood out with the colours and, and, and I think they changed a lot of it. They, they managed to realise, hey, colour is what we're kind of looking at here. Let's, let's make some wild decisions on it and go through it. And they were the ones that kind of stood out for me. Um, Peter Miller, can't go wrong with them. Like They are really, what they do with their designs and how they come across it and the fabric they use is very, okay. very great. So. All right, so how do you price then for, for the Australian market? Are people happy to, and I have no idea about your pricing, mm-hmm. are they happy to pay more or are they looking for less? Now it is a bit of a trend going towards less because of obviously what's happening around. Cost of living crisis. Yep, yep, exactly. All of that that's coming through. So I've noticed that a lot of more people are saying, great, we love this idea and this and that, but you know, how do we get it to you cheap? How can you do it for cheaper for us? Which mm-hmm. is fine, we can work ways around it in order to change the design or whatnot. But then you're still having the people out there that are saying, well, you know, this is what I want to do. I've cut my cost down in all other areas is because so I can still go out there and enjoy my golf and then play and wear the shirt and go to the pub and so on from that. So there's still a nice mixture, but to be honest, I can see it going towards more of a, how do you, how do I get this product, but for cheaper. So that's okay. what, we, that's what we're kind of dealing with at the moment. Okay. And Leon, how's your golf now? Like, so you, you, you went to join the show, didn't quite work out. You're now a dad of two kids you know, corporate, how, do you, how, <laughs> how often do you get to play and, and, and how do you go? Oh, I only play probably once a month at the most. Yeah, it's terrible. It, but it's so funny, there's no pressure and I've just gone back to my natural, I don't think about anything and I'm playing really good when I do go out and play it. So that's why when I was thinking, hmm, maybe I kind of wish I stuck to this idea of just, just you know, finding the ball, okay, there, where's it got to go? Go, do it. I don't think too much with it anymore. Okay, is that the secret? Don't think... It's yeah, in life. <laughs> it's in everything. Just don't think. Enjoy. Go and do it. Um, try not to let all the serious stuff around you stop you from enjoying it. That's, that's what, kind of what I'm looking at at the moment. All right. Well, good on you, Leon. Good luck with your golf and Phoenix golf wear as well. Keep an eye out for it. And uh, nice to chat. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Phoenix XL is the brand. You'll find it in some golf courses and obviously... He's hoping for more. So thanks for listening. Look, it was pretty random to, to bump into Leon. So uh, it's one of those things that I really like doing. So if you know someone or you've got a story, get in contact with me at Andrew Datto on Instagram or whatever the socials are. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.